0: The subject for the evening talk is opening up. It doesn't take a great deal of awareness or knowledge or insight to look at some of the more painful and difficult realities that all of us see to some degree or other on this planet. And we see it in seemingly countless forms of divisiveness, of alienation, of conflict, of exploitation. And this we are faced with as an ongoing situation, as an ongoing reality. And... It's not surprising, therefore, that within within ourselves we have a strong defensive mechanism and perhaps a rather necessary one, as it were, to rather safeguard ourselves from having to experience some of the the harsher truths of life. And so as time goes by, we are fed day in and day out with further knowledge, further information about what's happening in this part of the world, what's happening in that part of the world, what's happening in the world around us. And if we were to experience all of that at a feeling level, it would be increasingly more distressing and painful than what it already is. So it seems that almost by some necessity, we have to have some protectiveness, some defensiveness inside of ourselves to safeguard ourselves from experiencing too much pain when we watch the news on the evening, when we pick up the newspaper or whatever it might be. So there's a, as it were, a human, a natural kind of response to ways of saving ourselves from experiencing some of the world's pain. But what very, very easily occurs in that defence, in that protection that we have within ourselves, is that it becomes very much solidified. It becomes a rigid form of defensiveness. It becomes such that it prevents us from actually Connecting with life and therefore from being effective. Not only, not only that, when there is a strong wall of protection and uh, defense or safeguard within ourselves, it also does something else to us in our consciousness, in our psychological life. It creates a somewhat limited view of life. And within a limited view of life, because of the restraints of the wall w- within, we tend to look purely from that kind of perspective. We think, we act, we speak, we respond from that level of restraint, that level of limitation. Sometimes this shows and manifests itself in the way of looking and viewing and thinking about life purely from a level of self interest. That we're unable to transcend our own wants, and so our way of relating and, and living and being constantly coming from that spot, from that place of restriction. And rather unfortunately, we we see there's a, as it were, there's almost a um, supportive political, social philosophy taking place in Europe, in in the states, in the in the Western world, which gives a great deal of credence and support to individualism, and all that is implied in that. And as a a result of that, we see increasing competitiveness, we see increasing conflict, we see those who are successful, and a greater and greater number of people, the poor and the underprivileged, who are definitely unsuccessful and remain underprivileged, and all that's implied in that. Coming very easily from a, a small and restricted view about life, and all of this is to be seen and, what, and to be found out what it means to open up in a real meaning of opening up. Sometimes this restriction, very understandable one, is one which not only revolves just around ourselves, but it revolves around ourselves and our immediates. The immediates may be one's self and one's partner, one's self and one's family, one's self and one's close friends. And as, as a result, our worldview is very much tied to a particular setting, a particular group. Sometimes it expands itself a little bit further in terms of the group that one was born into or into the country that one was born into. All of, all of the identification with the individual, with the immediacy of the family setting, of the social setting, of the national setting, is a wall in the mind. Nothing else. It's a division in one's mind. And that, where there is that division, and the identification with that division and the holding on to that division, there is the cause for conflict and violence. Now sometimes in our, in our relationship to life, and particularly in recent re- recent years, we hear a lot, we hear a lot about opening up. We see this theme is being explored rather usefully and beneficially through the fields of meditation, and of course, noticeably through the field of of therapy. And we sense our restrictions, we res- our suppressions, our repressed material, our our blocks, etc., etc. And so there's an an encouragement and increasing number of people are willing, and often quite courageously, are willing to open up within and to explore and to share. And of course this is an, an important and significant area of opening up. In this significant area of opening up and sharing, it means that ability and capacity in life to experience directly what one is feeling and of course to experience what one is feeling and the willingness to share what one is feeling. And of course in this area and I would say particularly us as, as men have a great deal of work to do upon ourselves, an enormous We can't overemphasise this, an enormous work to do on ourselves in terms of opening up more clearly and more feelingly to our inner life and what that means and sharing that. And we can't really go on as a gender or or in relationship to life, as it were, denying or avoiding or not dealing with part of ourselves. So this this area of of opening up in life, both uh, in terms of who we are, what our background is, I feel is important, both from an individual standpoint as part of expanding one's own consciousness in a real way and as a way and means to deal with the world that we are living in. The models, the restrictions don't work defensiveness, as a sustained um, protection, a wall in the mind, simply doesn't work, it doesn't help. Now in, in this field of working upon ourselves and, and opening up Part of, the dif- part of the difficulty of that is both for, for what it means for ourselves and what it means for others. Quite a few of you I know because you're easy to find out. You fill in the forms when you arrive and you, you say your um, name and uh, whatever, age and occupation. And quite a number of, uh, of you are involved a very high percentage, in fact, in what's um, usually regarded as the uh, helping um, professions and engaged in some form of service to other, other people. And so one is constantly, uh, for, and for many of you, in a situation from one day to the next in, where, in which other people are actually opening up to you, opening up to us. And in that situation there, again, there's often a lot of stuff which is going on, a lot of pressure which is being directed towards the purse, towards the uh, professional, shall we say? And very easily, some of that is, as one might say, absorbed into oneself. One takes upon oneself to, s- to some degree or other, the pain, the confusion the conflict, the anxiety of another person. It, it tends to go along with the process of serving other people. And when one's doing that day in and day out and absorbing a lot, it tends to have a strong draining effect upon the person who is, to use the word, a helper. And so... We find these days more and more, this uh, unfortunate situation, I- increasingly unfortunate situation, where the helpers need help. What's the world coming to when the helpers need? Who's going to help the helpers? You know, like that. So again, within the living situation of op- opening up, also for the people who are serving and doing for others, such people also need space, time and opportunity to open up themselves to others. And so if you, as a human being, are involved in any kind of service work for others, the question must arise and must be answered, are you creating in your daily life Time and space for you to open up to others as well. Is that an ongoing reality for you? If it's not, you'll go under. If it's not, you'll feel a reaction, you begin to feel negative, you don't want to hear any more of people's stuff, you'll feel stressed, burnt out, you won't want to get up in the morning, There'd be more drink, more dope, more sleep, etc. So this opening up is both being receptive to others and the needs of others and the acknowledgement within oneself that as people who are engaged in service, we also need contact with peers to support and maintain our own opening up process. Otherwise, the system will close down to safeguard itself, to protect itself, to stop itself from having to experience. In this area, too, of working upon ourselves and, and working working with ourselves, coming here, coming to IMS to participate in a um, retreat and, and spending a, a weekend here um, together. It is obviously quite a, a short period of time, and for many it's simply um, an introduction. It's a, um, hopef- hopefully, um, it's, a, it's a stepping stone. So some of you have just come for, for the day, a couple of days, and so are probably looking forward with enormous glee to tomorrow afternoon to <laughs> you know, get us out of Pleasant Street as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and others too, may, you know, in coming in, and in spending a, a rather a short period of time in us. In a situation like this, you can easily form um, images one way or the other, and sometimes the, Im- the image is a little bit um, imbalanced, as I mentioned to one of the groups today, with regard to the the actuality in other, in other words, um, one may come and one may have over a weekend nothing else left at the end of the weekend, but a memory of one 's knees. You know, that, as though n- nothing else actually took place. You know. And uh, another person may have a, um, um, a particular high which, which took place um, during a, a sitting or a, a walking, walking period and think, ah, this is what the meditation is really all about. And that becomes a predominant memory. And so sometimes in just a space of a short period of time, it's a little bit difficult to get a, a balanced perspective on that. And of course, um, with, with regard to that, I would say if you, have, if you have time and you are able to stay on longer and spend more, more days here, please, by all means, do so. You know, please don't be in a rush to get back into the so-called real world. Some of the this this immediate world, which is also, of course, equally as real, can serve as an opportunity for working on ourselves, for uh, opening within, so that we might be more effective and creative in the world outside. So, in other words, I want to give encouragement to people that, if you've had a few thoughts about staying for the nine-day retreat, please water those thoughts and uh, and continue. I sometimes say, as a small encouragement, that the um, first re- retreat I um, began was um, just after I took ordination, this is a... Oh, lifetimes ago now, um, nine, um, fifteen years or, or so, and the first retreat I uh, uh, did lasted for three years. So please don't think too much of uh, um, a weekend or uh, or that nine days is just too much to handle or think about. In this a- area of of opening up and the, and the working on oneself. And as I mentioned, just opening up inwardly, feelingly, emotionally, intuitively, it's really only an aspect because opening up brings into light, brings into question every assumption that one has. And so it's a genuine opening up to life in which one frees oneself from any form of limitation. And I would say to have a country in this world and to be identified with a a country is a small mind. And it's not the time or the age, if there ever was, to live with such a small mind. Because any form of patriotism, any form which I regard as the polite word for nationalism, is, is of such an... Um, order that the state and the support of the state is simultaneously, as far as I can see, the support of violence. And a spiritual human being looking at these things can, cannot have appetite for violence in this world. There's too much of it already. So finding a sense of being more open and in a way stateless gives one much more receptivity and sensitivity, I feel inwardly and outwardly as a human being walking freely on the face of this extraordinary earth. In this area of looking at ourselves and and this opening, opening up which uh, seems to me to be so important important and, and necessary and something which isn't an, an easy process to engage in and in this directing of our attention to ourselves during the day here and on, and on focusing on the uh, breathing in giving care and attention to the present it's something which Hopefully contributes to a kind of opening up which takes place in its own way. What do, I, what do I mean by that? We know within and very again, very, very usefully I um, don't want to um, undervalue in any way at all the tremendous steps that the uh, contemporary tradition of therapy has in which there can be opening up inwardly speaking, through some um, deliberate intention, either in, say, conjunction with another or through one's own will and effort. And through that create within oneself a, a kind of impetus inside to open up to get things moving. And it requires for that a certain kind of force or a certain kind of will to make that happen, and sometimes that's quite necessary, sometimes extremely necessary, sometimes very urgent for a person, particularly if one is sensing inside of oneself that one is rammed and pushed back and held back a great deal, because it's far better, obviously, to allow these things to be released in a supportive environment then these pressures to get released in an unsupportive environment and bring about a similar form of reaction, which happens again and again in personal life, in family life, in lover's life, etc. So sometimes when there's a great deal of pressure, then deliberate uh, use of the intention, being in a situation where one can Release is necessary. Sometimes in a meditation hall that happens and a place like this is also appropriate. Some people use the outdoors. Some people um, use the the forest, the, the woods behind here and the trees have been here longer than we have and they are quite used to the peculiar antics of ourselves needing some discharge and they're still there so sometimes if the release is necessary in that way, then go and have a good shout at the trees. They, they don't seem to be objecting. It's a, so it's one form, valuable form of opening up. Generally within the process of the medita- meditation, it's not induced in that way, in a, in a deliberate way, but rather through the continuity of the meditation, being in touch with what is. Sometimes things arise, sometimes things arise quite strong, which are emotional, and they need some release. And giving release in life and allowing release in life is a very valuable and important experience when that's occurring. And not only do we need to remember that, with ourselves, but equally we'd need to remember it with somebody else as well. And that's particularly hard when something is obviously being discharged and it's personally directed. It's somehow or other, it's okay if, for example, your partner, your parent, your child, your best friend, is really furious about what somebody else said or didn't say, did, or didn't do. But when it's actually personally directed, it's very hard on us to just to see, oh, this is someone just discharging, because somehow or other it's it's to me. And what have I done to deserve their wrath? Whatever it might be. And so part of one's practice of opening up and experiencing what one is feeling is some awareness that others also experience the same. Others go through the same. Others need their release the same. And so opening up is both at the personal level, opening up is been able to develop the capacity to hear what somebody else is saying, and in the long-standing Buddhist tradition, for God's sake, don't take it so personally. Somehow or other, that we have got to digest, learning in life not to take things so personally. And that's a, a, a genuine expression of one's evolution that one is really is opening up. So in this looking at the area of opening up and speaking about it in its wider sphere, speaking about it in the, at the, the personal level, at the feeling, at the heart level, speaking about it also at the Um, level of our communication in our relationship to others. But none of us can stop still, let us say, at learning to find out what opening up is. And sometimes both within the field of meditation and in the field of the field of daily life it's hard to de- maintain and develop the spirit of what that means and therefore i feel that what's essential is what's your relationship like with your friends what is the quality of your relationship like with people who you associate with frequently. Now, in the the tradition, spiritual tradition, a great deal of emphasis is placed on the relationship between the individuals. One might take... Christianity, one might take all the actual and symbolic significance of the Last Supper. In this case, a group of friends meeting meeting together, knowing full well that the following day one of them was going to be going to be executed. There's the tradition of satsang in Hinduism where people of spiritual work meet together under a tradition of listening and reflection, two major activities and responsibilities of those who belong or who are in satsang, meaning the contact of spiritually minded people. One has the equivalent of it in the Buddhist tradition, which is called the sangha, And the sangha, again, is the contact with like-minded people. And in the old days, two and a half thousand years ago, before men and women participated in the practice, they had to express, they were asked to express a commitment to to in order to develop their practice. The commitment was to The Buddha, not so much the personified Buddha, but the Buddha in the original meaning of the word, making a commitment or taking refuge in awakening, really awakening, or in our language, utter opening of one's being. One made a commitment to the Dharma, the teaching about reality, about the interconnectedness, about the nature of life and the exploration of that. The second commitment or refuge in the old language, and the third was the commitment to the Sangha, the contact with like minded people. So, in other, other words, one might say Buddhahood and contact with like minded people have an equal emphasis. Only to get the, this point strongly, if I may, strongly across to you. So, therefore, I ask you the question what's the quality of your relationship like with people who know you? Because the mark, the sign of a good friend, as the Buddha has said and others have said frequently, is, is the mark of a good friend is not somebody who flatters you, but somebody who is willing to be honest willing to express what he or she sees. Now, obviously, sometimes when there is close emotional relationship, that isn't easy because of the defensiveness, the tendency to attack back, the tendency to withdraw. But not all of our friends have that kind of relationship with us. And so, other friends that we know, is time created to sit together, to be together, to share together, and to be able to say things to each other which will help us to be that little bit more clear and aware. Because, as I mentioned, spiritual practice on one's own is too hard a road to follow. It's too hard. And I would even go further in my observation and, uh, if I may say, lifelong commitment to religious life, to spirituality, I don't know anybody in the East, West, North or South who has come to an awakening of the heart and mind without support from others. I don't know anybody that all at some period or course in that person's life has been thoroughly exposed to practices, to teachings, to other people as a supportive agent. Any, anybody, whoever it is, from Buddha before and after. And so this is a major resource. Human beings for each other are a a major resource for opening up, for sharing together. And we have to be honest with each other. Is that actually going on in my life? Am I actually putting myself, not to identify with some miserable little cult, whether it's a Vipassana cult or... (laughs) Any, uh, any other monstrosity, <laughs> but to be able to put oneself into a situation where, where people do connect with each other, do give time to each other, are willing to listen to each other, are willing to be supportive, give feedback, etc. Then our practice and spiritual life can evolve, can, can move on. And if we neglect that, then we neglect each other, we're neglecting life. So in the field of opening up and all the expansive, expansiveness of it, it has to be, I think, an ongoing part of one's daily life and daily reality. And one of the things, you know, isn't it, with people who have responsibility, people who have position, I'm talking about professionals and the helping professions, and whether, whether one is a, a, from a, a doctor to a lawyer to a guru or whatever it is, it's all too easy that one gets into a certain kind of position where one is used to, because of the role, to being affirmed again and again, and that affirmation in that form actually hinders one's opening up because one's self-image is at threat. And, that's, and sometimes, if, I mean, if a person is a, a professor, he or she in a university, they may, and, there's, and there's a connection with a student, and that student may have much more spiritual awareness, be much more open. But one can't really open up because I have a certain role to protect, or whatever it might be. So this opening up, for it really to take place, means that we have to be willing to let go of our self-image, of our role, which prevents us from inner opening. And that isn't easy. It's not easy to to do that. But if we don't, we remain stuck. We remain at the same level in life and we keep living at that same level. And we're not going anywhere that way. And the earth isn't going anywhere that way either. So our practice, now... And our, and our working on ourselves, I feel, should be such that we give care and attention for that, to this inner work, to see what the social implications of that, what the, one might, without being too ambitious, the international implications are. Because very easily I feel that sometimes the only time we're really, really willing to be sharing and to be open is when we're, suffering when we're in the face of some extreme difficulty. Then there is so much pressure upon us, we don't have any choice about it. We can't wait to grab hold of somebody and say, my God, I'm in such a mess and all this is going on, I really need somebody to talk to and I I just can't keep it together, etc, etc. That is a Truly a genuine form of opening up. But do we have to wait until we're under so much pressure for that to take place? So this, this is where <clears throat> spiritual practices, being together, working on oneself, having trust and connectedness with like-minded people, bringing this together really contributes to intelligence in life, really contributes to a wise way of living. And all of us, I would say, finally, in, in this regard, we, all of us, in a way, perhaps know a lot more than what we pretend to know can see a lot more. We, we can be receptive to, to others. And it, sometimes it just takes just a little bit more confidence and trust to point things out. It takes a little bit more confidence and trust to hear what others say. And when we're hearing something, somebody's saying something to us, very directly or indirectly, part of that interest in life to say, well, what else can I learn from this person? What else is this person actually seeing? And who better to tell us these things than our friends who know us and see us through countless situations? So there's our, our own resources there. Instead of so many people these days you know, running off to see the psychic. Well, some psychics are very good, but as I'm sure you're aware... Some of them are just a bunch of charlatans, and they just throw out this, that, and the other, as someone was telling me the other day. And because one is rather vulnerable or or apprehensive, one is willing to believe whatever one hears about oneself, about one's past or present or future. And perhaps it may be more useful, not in every case, for us to have more trust in people who know us as in an ongoing life situation. And perhaps we can begin to develop between us all more closeness, more friendship, more cooperation, more affection, greater trust. And somehow or other, doesn't all of that link and is directly connected with the problems of life, the problems on this earth. Doesn't it mean that we, you and I, we've got to start where we actually are and start building these bridges where we are, actively and realistically in our situation? Otherwise, there's no hope. Otherwise, the fragmentation and the accompanying despair will continue and get worse. So let us in these days and these meditations together work well and sincerely and and fully upon ourselves and upon our meditations. Let's strengthen our commitment to awakening, to seeing into life, to the contact with like-minded people, just as that message got put out two and a half thousand years ago still being put out and to do that in the spirit of openness not one of being identified with a nation or a particular religion or philosophy or system or whatever truly being open and out of that the heart must be touched affection must flow Compassion must get expressed, and human beings live in a noble way. May all beings be in touch with themselves. May all beings be in touch with life. male beings open up to existence